This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am J-Dog, and joining me right now is a true run Assance man, in addition to being an author, an athlete, as well as an advocate for above-the-neck health and wellness and being. He is also, a, as I said, author and also a advocate for education. He's also a doting grandfather, a loving husband, and a fantastic father. He is Eddie Popowski's number one fan. He is a baseball awards presenter and a skier when the season has it happen, of course, like winter. He is also a swell dresser and a neat dancer, and uh, he's also the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. He is Mr. Tom Raffio. Tom, how are you today? Great, Jay. Thank you for that great introduction. And you sort of jinxed me on skiing because when you mentioned it on the last show, I did, uh, even though not a lot of trails open, I did uh, go out to go to Sunapee. And boy, I took a... I took a fall, and um, I'm, I now I now know why you get to a certain age, uh, people sometimes give up skiing. So <laughs> anyway, but I did enjoy myself nevertheless, and thank you for being a great radio host, you know, for us. And as uh, we noted offline, this is the first show of uh, technically of 2024, and it it uh, the show's been running for low these many years so thank you for being a huge part of it for uh, ne- nearly all of those so this show we have terry robinson who is a marketing specialist for the black heritage trail new hampshire and terry thank you for joining us uh for the yeah, show for having me. really really appreciate it and um i of course um you you know this but maybe the listening audience doesn't know so your executive director, Jerry Ann Bogus, and my uh, prior VP of HR, Connie Wojciechowski, and myself, we, we've we been involved with the Black Heritage Trail of New Hampshire for many, many years, and even a couple of years ago, participated in the their long-range planning uh, retreat, which was held just um, just just outside of New Hampshire in, in Maine, in Elliott, Maine. Um, so I have a lot of background on the Black Heritage Trail of New Hampshire, but but I, one of the things I've learned is that not a lot of people necessarily understand completely the Black Heritage Trail of New Hampshire. So let's let's parse it out this way. Tell us about your career, uh, and then you can uh, segue into you know what led you to the Black Heritage Trail of New Hampshire. In my career, um, so I started I started with the Black Heritage Trail in 2018. Um, around 2018. That's kind of when I moved first from Washington State to the state of New Hampshire. Um, I finished high school in Washington State in this like little town called Linden. And I graduated on a Friday and we packed up the house and moved on a Sunday, like that Sunday. And we just like, the truck like went off and we like left and I said bye to all my friends and I was like, all right, okay, I'm going off to New Hampshire. And um, my mom got a job at UNH, uh, you know, part of that kind of, you know, her going to UNH was like, hey, you know, I think your son would be a great fit at UNH as well. And I was like, I I can try it. I want to do like art and architecture and fashion. That was my thing. Um, But I was like any foot in the door of design I was willing to take. So UNH had a minor program in like architecture. So I was like, I'll, I'll do that. Um, I get there and, you know, like I'm doing the whole college tours the first week of college. I run into this guy named Sean McGee and he's like, 
I it's one of those days that we're supposed to be doing like a tour with everyone. And um, I run into him and we sit down and we just start talking for hours. And next thing you know, he's telling me like, hey, there's this lady named Jerry Ann. She's trying to do like a fashion show, a part of her conference this year. You should talk to her. I was like, yeah, definitely. Like, that sounds great. Introductions were made. Next thing I know, I'm meeting Jerry Ann like two weeks later. And she's explaining to me like her idea, her vision for it. And I was just like, that sounds amazing. And I could easily see it done. And then she gave me like the kicker. It was like, yeah, so we have three months to plan all this. And I was like, ah, oh, that's mm. okay. That's crazy. All right, let's try it. I, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Um, so yeah, that's how I started with the trail is I came on board as like their creative director for the Black New England Conference. Um, got to do the show. The show turned out to be a really big success, like bigger than what we thought it was going to be. Um, like tr time traveling back to 2018, like when we did the conference in October, um, <laughs> I, the show was like a great experience to work with designers and to bring together like designers of color and black designers and designers from Africa of like African descent and everything together under one like umbrella and just say, all right, this is the vision for Afrofuturism. What do we think the future should look like? Having us all come together and do it in New Hampshire of all places was like mind boggling. And for me to work on that process was really cool. You know, the pictures were coming out and stuff like that. We had people from like the French press agency there and uh, next thing I know, like, you know, it was in like covers of BBC, like, like photo weeks of BBC, like multicultural stuff. It was in like different like French magazines. I was getting like text messages and stuff like that. They were like, yo, da, 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 da. like your name is everywhere. I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's cool. <laughs> like, wow. It was just like a little nonprofit thing that I was doing, you know, and then I went on later to sell all the pieces and give the profits to uh, the Black Heritage Trail. Uh, impressive. And um, and then, of course, you uh, we and having gone to a few of the Black New England conferences, they're out they're mm -hmm. outstanding and they're at different venues. And then, of course, COVID hit. Yeah. So you had to sort of pivot and yeah. uh, at least one of those years, it became totally virtual, right? Yeah, that was 2020. As soon as March hit, that was in the midst of our T-Talks, um, our T-Talk series. Uh, we had like a decision that we had to face. It was either we just kind of shut everything down, we regroup and we figure out what's going on with this pandemic. Because, you know, it was March. It had just started. No one really knew what was going on. So we were kind of looking for like what the future was going to hold. Um, I'm really glad that Jerry and I like had that conversation of, all right, we're going to pivot virtually. I think there's easy ways to do it that are cost effective, that are really like, you know, we can, we're able to integrate into our systems really easily. And that's what we did. So we just made sure that we put every program around the sense that it was going to be virtual. We knew that this lockdown was going to be something that was going to like change the way that we interact with each other. Like, quite honestly, like I knew well, it. I just remember it was it was terrific and actually the attendance was great. I think people were thirsting for, uh, yeah. you know, you know, for the, you know, for the conference. So the website is blackheritagetrailnh, all one word, um, dot, dot org. And so 
you came out to New Hampshire because your mom was um, got a position at UNH. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was your perception of New Hampshire and specifically your understanding, if anything, of New Hampshire Black history? Because I know that uh, a lot of people don't know how how rich how rich it it is. Um, but here you were being, you probably said, you saying goodbye to your friends. So I remember when I was 17 or 18 and, you know, if my parents were dragging me across the country, I would say bye and just maybe kind of roll with it. But, but you, you really engaged it. So it's terrific. But what were your perceptions of New Hampshire in general? And then specifically about black history in New Hampshire? It was, I would have to say, almost non-existent (laughs) in the fact that like before that like I was really raised in Florida like that's where like a bulk of my like you know being raised was at in my childhood so the south was very familiar to me I grew up in the south my dad is from Mississippi um the midwest is also very familiar to me I you know like I said I in Chicago now my mom is from Chicago um but no one, I had never had, like, there was not many family members that were up in the East Coast area. If they were, they were, like, New York. And it was probably for the hot second. But, like, nobody went past, like, New York in my family. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we never really heard of, like, New Hampshire, New England. The closest thing I had in recognition of New England was, like, the Patriots. That was it. So, you know, that's my knowledge base uh, in Boston. Uh, so coming here... It was like totally foreign territory. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I kind of just equated it to what I was used to. I had come from the state of Washington, which again was predominantly white as well. Um, But the state of Washington had a unique kind of diversity because a lot of um, like, you know, Asian specific Islander, people who identified like that, they they lived in the state of Washington. Like, you know, I think East Indians in that area are very instrumental in like the berry production that happens in like Washington and Canada. So that they're really that's really cool. Um so you get a lot of like and also the native population there is really big. So the Native American population is really big. Um so that had its own diversity. Coming to New Hampshire was different. I was like this is this is something I'm gonna have to actually like figure out in a sense. I feel like if I'm gonna live here, and I was getting older, and I needed to. Yeah. Wow, what a what 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 a story. So we're gonna get uh, into your experiences as being a black man in in New Hampshire after break. The uh, website is blackheritagetrailnh.org, and uh, and Jerry Ann would want us to remind people that uh, we can always use donations and members. And so this is uh, our opportunity, Jay, to um, promote that. So aren't we blessed, Jay, that uh, uh, Terry's family dragged him to New Hampshire? <laughs> yeah, no, we, cer- we certainly are. We certainly are. <laughs> Terry Robinson, marketing specialist, Black Heritage Trail, New Hampshire. Go to blackheritagetrailnh.org. You can also call 603-570-8469. The number again, 603-570-8469. We'll take a short break and then come back here on Northeast Delta Dental Radio right here on the Pulse of New Hampshire.
It's the Pulse of New Hampshire. I'm Jay Dog alongside Tom Raffio, president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. Uh, Terry Robinson is the guest this week. He is the marketing specialist for Black Heritage Trail, New Hampshire. You can log on to blackheritagetrailnh.org, uh, 603-570-8469. And that's located in Portsmouth, by the way. And uh, earlier we were talking about kind of the education about uh about the Black Heritage Trail in New Hampshire, and we'll talk more about that as well as uh, Tom and uh, Terry uh, continue on here on the Pulse of New Hampshire. Thanks, Jay. And I do, I do, Terry, want to get into what it's like living in New Hampshire as a black man, but I do, I want to make sure that we spend um, enough time so the audience understands yes, yeah. what the Black Heritage Trail of New Hampshire is, because I, uh, I'm I'm one of Jerry Ann Bogus's biggest fan. I do a lot of marketing for her, so yes. I, prob- I probably work for you. Um, <laughs> but when I'm out there and, and I just I do my own market tests and I go to people randomly in Concord or wherever I happen to be, you know, what do you know of the Black Heritage Trail? Um, they might think, oh, yes, is that in the Seacoast? But they have no idea of the sort of the the Black history component of it. So maybe spend a few minutes explaining to people, you know, while it is located um, in Portsmouth, that it is a statewide black history museum. You bet. I think you need to spend some time on that. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first time meeting Jerry Ann, she actually took me to the African burying ground. Um, And she showed me, you know, the history of the African burying ground and what that was. And that the biggest thing that I took away from that was the 1779 petition for freedom. To know that just almost three years later, after a declaration of independence, this, you know, we're saying we're not, you know, Americans are saying we're no longer going to be under British rule. That three years later, that a group of enslaved individuals said, we also see that you are looking for your freedom. We want our freedom as well. So in having that knowledge that I couldn't gotten anywhere else except New Hampshire, because New Hampshire's history is tied to that history. So you therefore that I never knew that. So I think that was really important for me. That was kind of the light bulb clicking moment for me. Like, oh my God, how important this work is for me to totally be able to look at history differently because I learned that there was a group of people that was fighting for that from the get-go, not just from, you know, from the building of this country. That made me feel like, all right, we've always had resilience. We've always had strength. So we just need to continue. This is going to be a long fight, and that's what it is. Yeah. Wow. Great, great description of it. So, um, so as you you know, as you went across the country with your with your family and your mother's mm-hmm. working at UNH and you're you're settling in. So just in general, um, how was your welcoming to New Hampshire and your experiences as a uh, black man in, in New Hampshire? Um, it has been really interesting. I think the truth is it has been quite. I, I don't say this negatively because it happens to everybody. We're human. Um, it has been quite tiring um, to see how the world is, like we're, where we are as a society, to be quite honest. Um, looking at it at, from like a human level, um, 
what we do at the trail and what I gravitated to the most is we really try to put humanity back into these stories, into these narratives. Um, we aren't trying to look at history from this, these are the facts, these are the evidence, you know, we don't want to be so like technically jargon about things. Um, like we want to change our language of how we view history, especially when it comes to race, because a lot of the parts of superiority or supremacist thinking is the fact that it dehumanizes another group. So to combat that, we must be the ones to put the humanity back into the truth of our history. And I think that's what the trail does the most. So that's what I gravitated to in my kind of understanding of living here in New Hampshire is that I was here on the basis of like, well, my mom got a job here in New Hampshire. You know, I'm not like particularly like wanting to be in New Hampshire, to be quite honest. I'm just trying to make the best of a situation. And I was still met with a community of people who were like, hey, this is, we see New Hampshire and we want to make it better. And I think this is a great community to join up with in my head. Um, and while you have people who are probably staunchly in different sections or how in their ways of thinking, I've driven past on Dover Road, on, on sorry, on um, in Dover on uh, Back River Road, going up to Pasquatico River uh, to go to Portsmouth. And I've seen a White Lives Matter sign just planted there <laughs> in big, like on a big club or when that was previously a Black Lives Matter sign. So it's like, well, I know that the people who lived at that property, they put the Black Lives Matter sign up first. So it's like, you know, it's certain things like that where I see certain instances, like I'm still reminded, oh yes, I'm still a Black man in America. Um, but I still have found a community of Black and Brown individuals where I can continue to grow and continue to be a part of that. And I think that is kind of what we're all hoping for in the sense of a word. You know, Terry, how blessed are we to have you in New Hampshire? Keep that energy up because I, I I get it how it, it can be uh, tiring to um, obviously trying to keep pushing the envelope. Uh, we uh, we engage Jermaine more a lot and help um, to the under you know the understanding of, of many of these challenges and it, and it, it is absorbing. It's it's it can be tiring. So I appreciate. So you and I, we got to keep our, we got to keep that energy going. You know, we, we, you know, we need, uh, we need you to continue. So that's kind of my next question, which is, um, obviously, you're a younger person. So, what impact do you hope that the Black Heritage Trail has on the younger uh, generations, particularly in terms of engaging and appreciating, you know, diversity in history? Yeah. I mean, I think we are, we're going to make it active, like 2024, we're really going to actively try to engage with a younger generation. Um, that's been my plan from the get-go is kind of building our digital online presence to do that. Um, definitely like next year in 2024, we're having our, you know, Eleanor William Hooker's Tea Talk series. Um, that's happening the month of February, every Sunday in Portsmouth. And then we'll have two expanded ones, one in Keene, one in Nashua. Um, uh, and you can go to our website and you'll see all that information. But a part of that, we're going to be hosting kind of watch party groups for the virtual side. 
um, hopefully like people can come together and throw up the virtual side of the conference and they can, you know, get together and still have community and enjoy the breakout sessions and stuff while not having to come all the way down to Portsmouth for the um, actual tea talk event in and of itself. So we're going to be putting out some information about that really soon. And so I'm hoping that can get people engaged in, into communities in 2024. And I think that to me is the best thing is if we as a people come together and we say to ourselves, hey, we are trying to educate ourselves. We are trying to make a better foundation and a better future for our kids, our grandkids, you know, our great, great grandkids, you know, are thinking about that. I think of humanity in spans of thousands of years. I'm not just thinking about myself right now. So to me, the Black Heritage Trail is a foundation for that. We are trying to make sure that the history that we are communicating, that we're teaching is accurate, holistic, and human. We can't run away from all the problems. There are great stories about Black individuals uh, in the state of New Hampshire, Wentworth Cheswell, Ona Judge, you know, Cyrus Bruce. And there's a lot of really disheartening stories like the story of Noise Academy and Canaan. But no matter the good, the bad, the ugly, we have to come and see ourselves as humans. Um, while we have gone through a period of dehumanizing people that don't agree with us, I think this is a time where we can come together and we can have dialogues and not diatribes, and we can talk about those differences in ways that are beneficial to pushing humanity forward and pushing our people and our generation forward. We can do that here at home in the state of New Hampshire, in our communities, in your backyard, because the history is there. So we just have to follow it and see where it leads us. Oh my I God, how right blessed now. are we to have you? I liked, I liked uh, what you said, dialogue, not diatribes. Yeah. Well, and I think the way you said, you know, history, accurate, holistic, you know, hum, hum, you know, humanistic. That that's so important. You know, um, and the website again for everybody is blackheritagetrailnh all one word dot org. And the Black New England Conference. This uh, getting back to the point of how sometimes this can make you a little exhausted. So um, there was uh, there's, there was one section that there was a a, a large emphasis on uh, Native Americans and uh, and listening to what happened to them, like, it was exhausting in, in a good way. I mean, it just, it was, it was compelling. It, it, it was accurate. It just basically described, you know, for us, you know, you know, the, the, that, that whole history. And, and, and of course it was this year, the Black Newman Conference was on a uh, college campus. So um, I know um, every year those conferences just get, you know, better and better. And, uh, Terry, you are such a great emerging leader in New Hampshire, and we're so lucky to have you. And thank you. Very I'm much. glad Jerry Ann ran into you <laughs> as soon as you uh, you and your mom got to uh, to UNH because that's that's worked out. And again, BlackHeritageTrailNH.org, and we could use members, visits, uh, donations because it's so important to get that um, to get that history out. So thank you for inspiring us today, Terry. I don't know about you, Jay, but like, um, in some ways, I understand what what Terry means by getting tired, but I also got, you know, energized, you know, by by Terry today. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I have as well. Uh, Terry Robinson, uh, marketing specialist, Black Heritage Trail, New Hampshire, the guest this week on Northeast Delta Dental Radio, which sadly comes to a close. We'll be back, though, next time here on the Pulse of New Hampshire with a brand new edition of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. You can go to blackheritagetrailnh.org or call 603-570-8469. That is 603-570-8469. For Terry Robinson, Black Heritage Trail, New Hampshire, as well as Tom Raffio, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. I'm J-Dog. We'll be back with another edition of Northeast Delta Dental Radio right here next time on the Pulse of New Hampshire.